0: Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311Cast, your favorite Midwestern-based sports podcast, where we bring you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Welcome to episode 34 of the 8311Cast, where this week, Wyatt Teeter, Mike Ludwig, and Kyle Mersch are going to be talking to you about basketball, hockey, tennis, your weekly turtle tab, which leads us directly into the MLB. And also our signature segments, Mike Stupid Rules, and write that down. Predictions.
1: So as this podcast is hitting your wonderful ears today, five games of the NBA Finals have been played thus far uh, since the since our last air date. Um, that game three, four, and five all occurred. Um, and in game three, Toronto showed that team victories win games over individual performances. Steph Curry had a had nearly a triple-double with 47 points, which is his uh, personal playoff record uh, for points scored in a game at 47 mm-hmm. points.
2: Let's call it what it is. It was one of the best performances, single performances in NBA oh, yeah. Finals game
1: ever. Oh, yeah. From
2: Steph Curry. Yeah, outside and, of
1: Curry. outside of what LeBron James has done in NBA Finals performances. But 47 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, Steph Curry played outside of his mind. The only problem is only three Warriors scored in double figures. And that was Curry, Draymond Green, and Iguodala. Everybody else pretty much did not contribute to this game. Thus, the reason why Toronto ended up winning. They Mm -hmm. had six players in double figures with Leonard and Kyle Lowry leading the way. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, just a quick stat, had 37 points, seven rebounds and six assists, while Kyle Lowry chipped in 23 points, four rebounds and nine assists. So almost two players in this game had triple doubles and Kyle Lowry almost had a double double. Um, He was one assist shy of that. Obviously, Toronto was just too much in Game Three for the depleted Warriors. Obviously, that was Steph Curry leading the way by himself without Klay Thompson right. or Kevin Durant. Klay mm-hmm. Thompson was held out due to his hamstring injury, and Durant still wasn't in uh, sh- in good enough shape to end up playing that game. Um, but Steph Curry played outside of his like out of his mind, trying to keep keep the uh, Warriors from going down in the series, but he just wasn't able to. Um, Toronto played really good defense that entire game. Marcus Saul had a great game, and Marcus Saul is having the, some of the best actual games of his life playing in the NBA in these finals uh, right now. And he went from a team halfway through the season who was pretty much miserable in the Memphis Grizzlies to now a team that's in the NBA Finals. And he's definitely making good use of his appearances in the NBA Finals so far. Um, Do you have anything to add to Game 3? This
2: important note, this actually happened because of of Game 2. But since a road team has won a game in the NBA Finals, that means Taco Bell's Steal a Game, Steal a Taco promotion has come through. So between 2 and 6 p.m. on June 18th. So next this uh next Tuesday, if you go to Taco Bell, you'll get a free Doritos Locos tacos between 2 and 6 p.m. So there you go. Because a Road Team won a game in the NBA Finals, you get a free taco at Taco Bell.
1: It's about I'd like to I'd like to point out that this is not a promotion. We are not in any way sponsored or affiliated with Taco Bell. Just I'd, a,
2: I just want y'all to get free tacos. That's yeah. just
1: – Go and get yourself some free tacos and um, worry about your uh, worry about what happens the next day later. So
2: But I would like I would like to be sponsored by Taco Bell. Can Taco Bell sponsor us? That would be that'd fun. That'd be
1: nice. Then Do we you want... could get free meals every time we record. hmm That would be fun. Awesome. So game four also occurred, clearly. Uh, Durant was still out, but Clay Thompson came back. And Toronto just proved that they were still too much for Golden State to handle. It was a mix, again, of um, a team victory for Toronto as most of their team, or, well, I guess not most of the team, six players are nearly averaging double-figure scoring uh, throughout this NBA Finals so far. And that was the same case going into Game 4 and throughout Game 4. Cole Leonard took this game over. Um, as he had done in a similar fashion in Game 3, but he was the de facto scorer for Toronto in Game 4, and Golden State just didn't have a response to it. Um, Toronto pulled away late and kept the lead late, and really that was a huge pivotal point because no one has come back from a 3-1 deficit in the NBA Finals, since LeBron James did it with Cleveland in, I believe 2016 mm-hmm. was the year that that happened. So we'll see if Golden State's able to do that. But obviously, after Game Four, they went down three to one. And Steph, Steph Curry just looked gassed
2: in that game. He he did all he could in Game Three to try to carry that team and lead them to a victory in Game Three, and he was just out of gas. He had he did not have a good game. You could tell he didn't quite have his legs under him. He was putting a lot of so- shots short. In game four, and yeah, he was just gassed. He needed an extra day off that he did not have between games three and four. He could just not uh, not put it together. And Clay Thompson was also clearly not at 100%. He was good enough to play, but clearly not at 100%. And that was just that just led to a to a Warriors victory in uh, in Oracle. They took both games from uh, the
1: Warriors in Oklahoma. A Oakland, Toronto is- victory in Oracle. Yes. Instead of a Warriors victory. Oh, yeah,
2: a Toronto's victory in Oracle. That's Taking both games in Oracle really swung this series for the Raptors. And then it brought us to Game 5, heading back to Toronto. And what happened there in Game 5? It was a very busy Game 5.
1: Very busy. So, Kevin Durant was the big story. He came back. So, Kevin Durant's back, but... Fast forward to the second quarter, and Kevin Durant has a pretty gruesome, um, what appeared to be a calf injury at the time in uh, video replay. If you haven't seen the video of it actually, of his calf essentially shattering, um, if you're interested, go watch it, go pull it up. But he pretty much tore his Achilles, um, and that's what's been reported uh, at first It was just the calf injury like he's been dealing with the entire time. But it is the Achilles injury that has been um, reported now. But after that, Golden State really pulled it together for a gutsy win on the road in Toronto with a raucous atmosphere for a team that's trying to win their first championship in franchise history. And... They were able to pull out the game. Toronto was up by six late, very late in this game, but Golden State was able to end up winning the game by one point. Uh, Steph Curry said it was a team victory with uh, DeMarcus Cousins putting in good minutes and um, being effective enough on the defensive end. One thing that I've noticed from him is I don't think he's still fully healthy because his lateral quickness is shot. He, no, he's, he doesn't he, move the same.
2: He's not playing at 100%. He, I don't know if he's fully recovered from his torn Achilles that he suffered. What was it, about a year and a half ago now? Yeah. So he's still not 100%. Plus he got injured in the playoffs as well. So yep. he's yep. definitely not functioning at 100% either.
1: This this Golden State Warriors team is definitely depleted and they're they're playing with some heart in order to try and win another championship and bring it back to the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. We'll see if what they can get done as game six heads back to Oracle Arena. Um, with the last, game
2: it'll be the last game played in Oracle. They're getting a new arena yep, for next season. So it'll be the last game played in Oracle.
1: That is true. And then Game 7, obviously, if needed, I believe these games will be played on Thursday night uh, this week. And then Game 7, if needed, will be played on Sunday night in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, Let,
2: let's just talk about Kevin Durant for a little bit. So how, how much money do you think he... Well, first of all, Golden State doesn't win that game if... Clay, uh, if uh, Kevin Durant doesn't play for the part he played for. He was playing yep. really, really well up until he had hit a couple threes. I think he had 13, 14 points, something mm-hmm. like that, just in a little bit of that game that he played. So he, Golden State does not win this game if he doesn't play for the part that he played for. So I mean, but the real question is, how much, if any, money did he cost himself by playing in this game and while well, playing and getting injured in this game?
1: Since in my opinion, with the torn Achilles, he'll probably
2: miss all of next season.
1: Yeah. So, obviously, in my opinion, he lost his entire free agency. I think the only place he can go at this point is Golden State. So, he, he does he does
2: have an option, a player option with Golden State. I think it's worth something like $31 million. Mm-hmm. Where he could just opt in with Golden State and get $31 million from Golden State just to rehab. But yep. then somebody's got to sign him in the next offseason. He's risking... Whether, you know, does he heal right? Does, you know, does everything look well when he hits free agency then after the uh 2019-2020 season that's coming up here? Or would it be the 2020-20? No, yeah, 2019-2020 yeah. season that's coming mm-hmm. up here. So, or he could hit free agency. So, I don't know if he actually cost himself any money, though. If, if I'm, let's say, the Boston Celtics or the Brooklyn Nets... Do I just say okay, we'll give you the the max deal anyway, and we know you're going to sit out a year, but we'll give you the max deal for the next four years of Kevin Durant? Do you think there's a team out there that's still going to do that? I think want to go to.
1: I think there was. I think there's one team that's very enticing for him to go to right now. I don't think he wants to go play in Boston because Kyrie Irving is a very injury prone, small, undersized point guard who as we saw this season couldn't handle the task of really being that star player in Boston again i don't think kyrie Ir- i think kyrie irving is a shell of his former self i don't think he's ever going to be the same without a big superstar like that but i don't think kevin durant wants to go and play with him
2: here well he's also a, he's also a free agent so he yeah. can go wherever he wants too
1: he can go wherever he wants i kind of think kyrie irving's going to go to um, Brooklyn because he just bought a house in New Jersey. If you remember back to last season, LeBron James bought a house in LA shortly before signing with the LA Lakers. So I believe that Kyrie Irving is going to the Brooklyn Nets. Now here's my thing. I, The New York Knicks have the potential to have enough space, cap space for two max free agents or two max players. I believe they make a deal with the New Orleans Pelicans for Anthony Davis. Anthony, the club ownership for New Orleans, hear me out, the club ownership for New Orleans has talked that they don't want to trade Anthony Davis to any team in the West. That rules out all those teams. The other, the really the only team that's been gunning for him are the New York Knicks in the East. So I think the Knicks, trade the number three overall pick with some sort of package to New Orleans, and New Orleans can have the first, the number one overall, and number three overall pick, third overall pick in the upcoming draft, in which case they could get both Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett and reunite the Duke players. That would be interesting. That would be very interesting because Duke is essentially a Southern school. Both players would would go back to the South. So then New York gets... Anthony Davis, and I think Kevin Durant would be more willing to play with Anthony Davis than Kyrie Irving. So I believe that New York would give Kevin Durant the max deal.
2: But is Anthony Davis willing to sit out, well not sit out a year, but basically forfeit a year, right? When Kevin Durant's out, I mean, they're not Anthony Davis himself does not make the Knicks a final contender. No. So is he willing to Basically, wait a year on Kevin. I mean, I don't understand I don't why know. The Knicks would be, but is Anthony Davis willing I think,
1: to do that? I think this entire this entire speculation that I had came before this Kevin Durant injury. I yeah. don't know how much that changes that now, but that was what I thought was very interesting. Yeah, looking into that. So we'll,
2: we'll talk more about NBA free agency. I'm sure with the final itself. So I was just interested to see what you thought about how much money Kevin Durant cost himself by getting hurt in that game.
1: Yeah, like I said, I well. I think he cost himself his free agency. I don't think he cost himself a lot of money. I think he would have had a much higher free agent market, obviously if he was healthy, Mm -hmm. but you don't know. Yeah. You don't know until it happens. Yeah. Obviously another sport that's in full swing and one of your favorite things of all time is going to be happening in the NHL. Yes. So we all headed to a game
2: seven in the, uh, In the NHL finals, a hockey game seven, especially in the Stanley Cup final, is one of the best things in sports. Game seven, playoff hockey, best thing in sports. Um, In order to get there, there was uh, two games. The first game, game five, uh, the St. Louis Blues took that game. But there was uh, definitely some controversy in game five. Um, It looked pretty obvious to uh, everybody that... uh, Uh, Late in the game, St. Louis um, tripped one of the Boston players, tripping is a minor penalty. Um, um, And then right after that, he possessed the puck, and that possession um, led to a goal. And the refs, I thought it was an obvious trip. Even the St. Louis broadcast thought that that was a trip. You could go back and listen to the broadcast, but he's like, and then – comes in and trips him up and uh, takes the puck and why is play still going? That should be a penalty with something like it went. And then they ended up scoring and winning that game two to one. That was for the second goal the Blues scored. So it's just another controversial call in these uh, NHL playoffs. I know there's, there was one that went against the Blues against the Sharks. We talked about that. Another controversial call um, in the Las Vegas series. So um, there's just been a ton of controversial calls, and the NHL has to look at this and see what way they're going to try to figure this out. So maybe there's not quite as many controversial calls or more things could be reviewable so they could uh, figure out um, how to avoid all these calls so that we can uh, have a better product there on the ice and a more true game. But either way, the win happened. It uh, became 3-2 St. Louis. Uh, with Game 6 happening in, in St. Louis, a city that was really needing a championship after uh, they're still stinging from the Rams being moved to uh, to uh, Los Angeles, like uh, we mentioned in an earlier episode. But in Game 6 in St. Louis, the crowd was rocking, but Boston was just too much for St. Louis. Uh, it was a close game after two periods. It was just one nothing Boston, but then Boston's offense exploded in the third period, and they ended up winning that game, I believe it was... Five to one was the final of that game. Yeah, it was it was five to one with an empty net goal there at the end. And uh, Boston just dominated that third period. Uh, their penalty kill was really really well in the uh, first and second periods. Uh, St. Louis might have had even four power plays in those two periods and didn't score, and that really changed the momentum in Boston's favor for them to be able to take Game uh, Six. Game Seven is coming up here. In Boston on uh, Wednesday, June 12th, 7 p.m., you can find that game on NBC to watch the best thing in sports, a Game 7 in the NHL. I would really encourage you all to watch that. It's one of the best things that you could watch is a Game 7 in the NHL, especially if it goes to overtime. Playoff overtime hockey is so exciting because every play could end the game. It's so much fun. Oh, I love love playoff hockey. I'll be watching that game.
1: I'm not, sure. I'm not much of a hockey fan, but I will be watching this game. Yeah, this, this is a big game. one. Well, and obviously, not to mention, St. Louis is the closest NHL city to my current location and my team fan base, so <laughs> it's kind of the team, my de facto team that I root for. So, mm-hmm. that's fair.
2: Did, did you want you want to talk about some tennis? I heard we haven't talked about yeah, that on this show
1: before. You want to talk never, about some tennis? So it's, the, it's the debut of talking about tennis. I love, absolutely love, Grand Slam tennis. There's nothing better than watching Grand Slam tennis in all of its glory and glam. It's it's incredible. So there's obviously four Grand Slams that are played a year. Uh, the the it starts off with the Australian Open, then the French Open, the and Wimbledon, and then the U.S. Open. Ends it off in August and September. So the one that just wrapped up this week, obviously, is the French Open in Paris, France. So I'm just going to give a quick rundown of it since it pretty much, well, it's completely over now. So the top four players in the draw, so the top four seeds, number one, two, three, and four, are all lined up on opposite sides of the bracket. Um, and they they met in the semifinals. So that was the first time that the top four players uh, met in the semifinals since 2011, just at Roland Garros, which is the French Open. Um, and this doesn't happen very often. Uh, obviously, there are quite a few upsets that end up happening all the way through, and then there's a lot of times where players can often retire due to injury um, since tennis can be such a grueling um, uh Tennis can be such a long, drooling game for an individual player, especially when sets can go on or matches can go on for two days, up to two days, and five sets. Um, so it's just a very intensive uh, two, two weeks at each tournament. So the top player in the world, Novak Djokovic, made very easy work of his side of the draw, and he was very efficient. Uh, he didn't drop a set all the way through until the semifinals when he matched up with Dominic Thiem. Um, And this game ended up spanning two days uh, due to a rain delay and just the um, nature of how late the game was being, the match was being played. It got too dark, so they had to restart the next day. But the game ended up very close as Dominic team won three, uh, won the match three sets to two. Um, And it was very close. The last three sets were 7-5, 5-7, 7-5 in favor of team. And team is now getting the denotation of the Prince of Clay as he has been to the semifinals twice now at Roland Garros in the finals for back to back years. Um, and this is all within the span of the last uh, four years. But Rafa Nadal, the number two player in the world, is known as the King of Clay, and here's the reason why. He is now 93-2 in his career here at Roland Garros, which is nothing short of spectacular. He continues to dominate as he has been the most dominant Grand Slam player in in terms of record and wins at a single Grand Slam um, event. The former record for the most number of Grand Slams at Roland Garros by a single individual player was six. He has now doubled that since he reached his 12th Grand Slam final at Roland Garros and won on Sunday. So he has a perfect record now of 12-12 and 12 in his Grand Slam appearances at the French Open. And now he has 18 overall Grand Slam titles, which is second only to Roger Federer, two of the greatest tennis players to ever uh, appear on a tennis court. Um, and... They will obviously be forever known for what they have been able to do, especially since they are both over the age of thirty right now. With Roger Federer being number or being thirty-seven years old, and I believe Rafa is either thirty-two or thirty-three, and still um, chugging along and winning at a very high level. So this begs the question: obviously, since Roger Federer is thirty-seven years old, will this be his farewell? at Roland Garros after he lost to uh, Rafa Nadal in the semifinals. We'll just have to wait to see. Wait and see. Uh, he's uh, He shows no signs of slowing down. Um, I think at some point he might retire, obviously, to be with his family. He has uh, a few young kids of his own. But at age 37, he still maintains the number three world ranking, and he's... Um, already said that he will be complete, competing at Wimbledon, which is the next Grand Slam that happens here in July. So stay tuned to the 8311 cast, and we will cover Wimbledon in July. And Wimbledon is by far my favorite Grand Slam. I hope to go there someday to see it in person.
2: Very nice. That was actually, that was actually a good tennis update. That was, that was very thorough. I appreciated that. I learned I learned... See, it's not, not often that I learn on my own podcast. So that, was, that was very well done.
1: I I made sure to include lots of stats in there for you. I like Mike. stats. I know you like I'm stats. I'm a stat head. I
2: like stats. Stats are fun.
1: Well, do you know don't else? you don't you have a really sad sad fact to give us I, on this? I do. Podcast? So
2: I have I have very 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 bad news to bring you all on our weekly turtle tab this week. Willens Zastadio, the savior of baseball, was optioned to AAA Rochester for the Twins. Wah, he, had, uh, wah, he had been struggling wah. ever since he uh, single-handedly beat the Royals in two games uh, back in the beginning of April. He's uh, hit two twenty two since that uh, Royals series where he drove in like eight runs over the course of two games. You remember that, Kyle, right? Do you know how many no. turtle emojis I sent you during uh, those two games?
1: I am well aware. I don't actually remember because I really didn't pay attention to those um, no. turtle emojis. So,
2: but yes, Willens Astudillo was sent down. The Twins needed extra pitching help after the bullpen struggled on the most recent road trip, and since Astudillo still had options, he was the odd man out. But do not despair too much. Willens Astudillo has been raking. In three games in Triple A Rochester, in three games in Triple A Rochester, he is now hitting. He is now eight for twelve, with uh, two home runs and uh, a couple doubles as well. Five RBIs in three games. So Ostadio will uh, was obviously quite angry that he got sent down to uh, to Triple A, and I don't think he'll be there long. He's gonna. He's eating AAA pitching for breakfast, and as soon as this team can go back, uh, back down another pitcher, I have a feeling Astadio will be the uh, be the next man up.
1: Mike, Mike, I don't think he needs to more any more breakfast. He's a little <laughs> chubby.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's true. He may not, but he's he's destroying AAA pitching, and he'll be back eventually. Can, can so they put him on a diet in AAA though. I mean, they did that to Miguel Sano. The Twins did that to Miguel Sano last year when they sent him to Single A, because they, they sent him to their spring training complex, which is where the Single A team is, so they could monitor how much he was eating, so he could get back in shape. They're not doing that with Astudillo. Astudillo's problem is not conditioning. Granted, he's not a uh, he's not a uh, skinny fellow, but he's not his weight doesn't seem to inhibit his baseball ability like it did for Miguel Sano last year. So I don't think they need to do that for him. But, yeah, that is your turtle tab. Hopefully next week we'll bring you the good news that he's back. But we'll see. Otherwise, we'll tell you how much more he's rated AAA pitching in the last week. But, speaking of Will and Zostagio destroying people as he destroyed the Royals, do you want to tell us who else destroyed the Royals this week,
1: Kyle? Uh, Everybody did. It's not been great. They finally reached 20 wins. That's a that's a that's, good thing. That is good. It's good to win ball games. That is the name of the game. But it yeah, that's not going well. None of nothing is really working at all. The offense is now getting into major slumps. They did win today. Today being Tuesday, they beat the Detroit Tigers. Um, an They're interesting fact either. They're they're not good either. But an interesting uh, fact: so a major league baseball game will be played at a Triple A ballpark this week. The Kansas City Royals will be hosting the Detroit Tigers in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, it's it's more of a um, essentially a community involvement and a promotion for Major League Baseball as uh, the College World Series is making its trip to Omaha. Uh, coming up, I believe this week, starting this weekend, um, as the college baseball World Series goes on, with a Big 12 team in there, Texas Tech will be representing the Big 12 in the College World Series. Uh, but this game is kind of a um, more of a gimmick than of the major league than really anything. Um, it's good for Nebraska. They'll the stadium will. For two teams that are really bad, the stadium is – they've sold out all of their tickets. I think there's a lot of excitement around that, that a two major league ball clubs will be in Omaha for this. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much all I have for that. Uh, just an update on some of the players for the Royals right now. Uh, Hunter Dozier, who I will talk about just a, here in a little bit um, about another issue, he is about ready to come back from the DL – or the IL now – and that is going to be much needed for this ball club as he was the hottest hitter before he hit the I.L. Um, Outside of that, Whit Merrifield is still hitting. He has the second most hits in the American League behind a uh, Twins player. Oh, hey. Yeah, um, yep, and Alberto Mondesi is leading the Major leagues in stolen bases, and now tonight he has another stolen base. I believe that puts him up to 25 on the season. Since um, Baseball Reference is telling me that he had 24 as of yesterday, so that means he should have 25 now. So he is swiping a lot of bases, and he has is he has the potential to um, get well over 60 stolen bases on the year. And the last person to do that as a infielder was gene segura so and he had 60 a couple of years back so he could he could very well set a record for steals in a season for a middle infielder so we'll that see is, what happens that, there that is a bright spot for the wilds. they did sign their uh, number two overall draft pick for a very healthy um healthy amount of money that's that's also seven seven point 7. seven million dollars.
2: Yeah, that's, that's about what that slot is worth
1: yep. in the in baseball. Quite system. a lot of money. Uh
2: huh. Yeah. Um. Do I get to talk about a good baseball team now?
1: Yeah. That this team hits bombs, not the Royals. No, the you, the you, other American League Central team.
2: You, you, you pronounced it wrong. This team hits bombas.
1: Bombas.
2: Bombas.
1: Yes. It sounds like you're trying to say something as an elementary school kid, but you didn't pronounce it correctly, and now you are being questioned for how brilliant you are or how horribly brilliant you are.
2: According to Eddie Rosario, this team hits bombas. There had been a lot of talk over the last few weeks about what to nickname this Minnesota Twins team since they're they're playing so well, and then uh, about a week, and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago, Eddie Rosario, uh, after he had the home run in his post-game press conference, was asked about the at-bat, and he said he hit a bomba, and that settled the uh, the nicknames. This is now uh, the Minnesota Twins uh, playing in Bomba Soda, the land of 10,000 rakes. It's 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 going pretty well. Pe- oh, people God. are happy here in the, uh, in the Twin Cities. Um, unfortunately, the uh, last week didn't go the best for the Twins, they had a road trip. They went to Cleveland and uh, Detroit. And we really had an opportunity to bury the, uh, the uh, Twins even more than... Uh, or bury the Indians, I should say, even more than they already have. But they did end up losing two out of three to Cleveland. The bullpen had some issues with... Um, The bullpen had some issues uh, getting people out late in the game. Gave up a late lead to Cleveland in a game that was weird because they ended up with a rain delay for almost two hours in the sixth inning. So that was a little disappointing. But this team can still hit. They're tied for first in the major leagues for home runs. Um, We mentioned Jorge Polanco. He's leading the American League in uh, batting average. He's second in the American League in doubles, only to Byron Buxton, uh, the center fielder who's first. And, um, yeah, this team can hit um, the pitching a little bit. Starting to get a little bit concerned about Martin Perez. He had two really bad starts in a row, one against the uh, Rays and another one this week. But it's still not enough that I'm panicking. But you'd like to see him straighten it back out and start pitching well again. But uh, Jake Odorizzi is leading the American League in ERA with an ERA, a sub-2 ERA, even better than Justin Verlander is doing. Jose Barrios is finally pitching like an ace that we uh, all thought he'd be. So this team is just winning ball games, and it is fun to watch. It is fun to watch. As we are recording this podcast, they are back to having the best record in baseball again. So this team is just going to be fun to watch as the season goes on. They keep hitting more bombas, and they keep pitching well. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch this Twins team. And they get to play a lot of games against the Royals down down the last four months of the year here. So that will also inflate those win numbers, I think.
1: They could just absolutely crash against the Royals for some reason. But I doubt they will. But... Lucky, the for, are lucky for the
2: Royals, and Zostadio will probably still be in AAA when they come to Target Field this next weekend. Probably. They won't get, they won't get death by turtle like they did last week, or and, last time
1: they played. And since the Royals are going to be sellers this year, before the trade deadline hits, there's going to be a major change of scenery for a lot of players. Yeah, they could just get worse, too, as yep. the season goes on after the trade deadline.
2: As they give their young guys a chance.
1: How about having the second overall pick for two straight years in the MLB draft? I think that's what the Royals are going for right now.
2: It could happen. It could happen. I believe they are. Let's see. Yeah, the 538 Sports projects them to finish tied for the second worst record in baseball. at 61 and 101 is what
1: it projects them at. Great number. Mm-hmm. Fujitsu Orioles
2: at 56 and 106 and the Marlins tied with them at 61 and 101.
1: Speaking of good numbers, the two big free agents left on the market got pretty good numbers on their contracts, I'd say. It because Craig Kimbrell finally so since this the MLB draft finished, obviously once the MLB draft finished, the uh, the free agent signings of these players heated up due to the fact that the, the clubs that signed him didn't end up losing draft picks, which is part of the rule, uh, obviously, in the Major League draft. Um, so, Craig Kimbrell, the first one, uh, the Twins missed out on getting him as he went to the Windy City to play for the only team that's relevant there. Uh, he signed a three-year, $43 million deal to play um in Chicago for the Cubbies. He is still throwing bullpen sessions, waiting um to get his shot in the bullpen in game action. Uh but so far his bullpen sessions have been going well. No reports of injury at all, which means that maybe he was actually doing a throwing program while he was sitting around waiting for somebody to pick him up. Um And Dallas Keuchel was signed as well. He signed a one-year deal. He opted not to go to New York and shave his trademark beard. Instead, he went down south to pitch for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, He is on a one-year deal for $13 million, which is a lot to pay a starting pitcher um, if he doesn't pan out, especially since you'll only be getting his services for half of the season. But if that pushes them into first place in the National League East, then it'll be worth it for the Braves. They really need some starting pitching help um, outside of their phenomenal young rookie in Mike Soroka, Soroka, who has the second lowest ERA in the National League, only behind the Dodgers um, pitcher Hiwan Root. whatever, however you say it. Ryu. Ryu, yeah, that guy. Ryu. He's uh, got he's an been... ERA
2: of sub one and a half.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's he's... insane. Where did that even no come
2: bees. from? He was he was sent down to AAA a couple of years ago because he was last struggling. Year, last was year he had an NL. ERA
1: that didn't go below, I think, 3.30. I mean, that's a very respectable ERA. That's a respectable ERA, but still, at times he was floating around four. An ERA of four. Insane jump. It's crazy, but... That's what happens. I mean, where did Blake Snell come from last year, and now True. he's having issues this year. So, True. pitching is a pitching is um, something that generally only happens. You have really good years sometimes, and then other years you're a little bit off. Um, but speaking of a pitcher who's had really good years, um, do you want to fill us in on what happened between uh, Madison Bumgarner and uh, Max Moonsey? Muncy this weekend. Muncy, Max
2: Muncy. So uh, this was in the uh, in the early in the uh, game on uh, Sunday between the uh, Dodgers and the Giants. Max uh, Max Muncy hits a long home run to right field in San Francisco, which some of you may know. Uh, which right outside the stadium is the harbor, so you can actually you know hit balls into the ocean. In uh, in San Francisco, so uh, early in the game, Max Muncy takes um, takes Bumgartner deep, and uh, Bumgartner gets a little upset that uh, he thinks um, for being a one nothing a solo home run early in the game, he thinks Muncy's taking a little bit too much time to watch the ball and get around the bases, and uh, he he starts yelling at him, and uh, Muncy retorts with probably one of the best best quotes in a baseball argument in history he he says quote if you don't want me to watch the ball you can go get it out of the ocean close quote that's that's great quote that's just a really good line like it does not get much better than that and i mean and i think that's an argument like that, I think, is really good for baseball because it didn't go past that. The benches didn't clear. Nobody threw at anybody. something stuff like that is really good for baseball. People drawing at each other it creates a good story, creates some good publicity. Things like that are really good for baseball. It's fun to talk about. Good quote. Just all around good, all around good stuff. It was it was
1: fun. I like that. I like stuff like that. Unlike the Atlanta Braves and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Where Josh Donaldson barely gets nicked on the jersey and takes offense to Joe Musgrove staring him down because he's walking away like Joe Musgrove intentionally threw at him, which by no means that was an intentional. No, that was not intentional at Josh Donaldson at all. all, But Josh Donaldson has been a hothead before, previously, especially in Toronto, and he lost his cool. Said, "Um, "Why are you?" Um, a couple expletives uh, staring at me. And then they decide to get into a little bit of a sissy fight, a little bit of a shoving match. And then the bench is cleared and the Pirates manager was thrown out, was ejected. And as well as Musgrove and Donaldson. Keep in mind this game, this happened in the first inning. So then the Pirates had to go and use their bullpen for the rest of this game. Um, no love lost between the Pirates and the Braves right now. That's true.
2: And speaking of, uh, no love, there's something that happened this week that you don't have any love for. You're a little pissed yeah. off about oh, yeah. what's what's, what's, so what's going on here.
1: Baseball sports writers need to actually do their job. So one baseball sports writer today, I don't have his name because I lost it and I don't really care to go back and look it up because it made me mad. Very so professional. He was very unprofessional when he put out an article saying that Alex Gordon, who is the left fielder for the Kansas City Royals, is going to be the hottest person uh, in trade uh, in trade rumors for the Royals this season. Now I get it if you talk about Whit Merrifield. I get it if you talk about other people like uh, Brad Boxberger out of the bullpen, Ian Kennedy, maybe Homer Bailey, sure. But what he didn't actually do his research on is Alex Gordon has a clause in his contract that he signed two years ago uh, a four-year deal. he has a clause in the remaining two years of his contract saying that he can say no he can reject any trade that is proposed w- that involves him on the Ross like on the team any any trade, that he is the source of conversation, he can reject it. And he's already been gone on record this season saying that he does not want to play anywhere else but Kansas City. So why is this sports writer not actually doing his job and understanding this and writing that he is going to be the key player that the Royals are going to trade away this year? You are completely uncreditable or... I I will never read another article that you put out again once I actually figure out what your name is because I have the article saved. And I, yeah, you have zero credit and zero worthiness in my mind. You are literally the worst baseball sports writer. So Um, good job at pissing me off.
2: Are are you sure he has a no-trade clause? Yeah. I'm not finding any details about an Alex Gordon no-trade clause on the Internet.
1: He has, he has, it, it was talked about on air this week when i was watching the game he has he has the ability to veto or essentially say no to any oh
2: he doesn't have a no trade clause but he has his 10 and 5 rights yeah that's what it is that's what it
1: is sorry i i said it i said it improperly but he has those rights where he can say no
2: yeah that's true okay yep that makes sense now that makes sense That'll make a good Stupid Rules segment. Ten and five rights. So write that down for next week. That's what we right. do Write that That's down. Ten and five. Ten, and five. Ten and five rights. All right. Speaking of stupid rules, is it, uh, is it whoa, time? Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Am I jumping the gun on stupid rules?
1: Yes, because oh, you okay. forgot about my strange but true baseball injury segment.
2: Oh, okay, okay, okay. In do which we
1: have down. a formerly mentioned Hunter Dozier injury. So he's just getting ready to come off the injured list. And this is not really like a, the most, like the strangest baseball injury out there. We will have a strange one for you next week, but he had a right side thorax injury that was, uh, that was diagnosed. And this happened while he was showering in the team locker room. Um, he did something to it. So in case you didn't know, um, right off the top of your head, what the thorax is slash does in the body. So the the thorax in mammals, so humans, is the region of the body formed by the sternum and the thoracic vertebrae and the ribs. So in essentially mid-chest area, it extends from the neck to the diaphragm and does not... A, but And does not include the upper limbs. So essentially his entire chest he did something to while he was showering. I don't know what. But then he got into a game and reaggravated it. And that put him on the 10-day injury list. And he has been on there for quite a while now. So I have never heard of a thorax injury before. That is the first time I've heard of it. That's the reason why it makes it on this week's installment of Strange But True Baseball Injuries. Now, but, Mike, I now think I get, it's about time for one of the uh I don't know if we can call it I guess we we have to call it a staple. It's happened all yeah. the time yeah it but has, I don't know I don't know if our, if our listeners can actually agree that it is their most beloved segment of this podcast,
2: but I actually have a very a very good rule today. Yeah. My rule for this one is actually a little change that came out this week. It is uh, the college basketball three-point line. So, um, before there used to be um, four different three-point lines throughout uh, throughout organized basketball. There's the middle school and high school line that's at the just at the top of the key. There was the NCAA one that's a little bit behind that. Then there was the international three-point line, which is behind that, and then the NBA three-point line, which is the farthest out. The NCAA just approved a rule change here for this year uh, that'll go into effect this year in Division One and next year in Divisions Two II and Three, where they'll be moving their three-point line back to the international three-point distance. So that will bring us to three standard distances for three-point. Uh, three-point shots, this should do uh, probably two main things for the uh, for the uh, for NCAA basketball. First of all, it's going to make threes harder to make because, um, you know, the three-point line's farther. Farther-out shots are harder to make. That's why three-pointers exist, because they're harder to make. But um, it should also increase... Um, Freedom of movement because it'll space out defenders more because, you know, the shooters are further out on the outside to be behind the three-point line. So it would give more space for drivers and big men to work in the middle of the floor. So that'll be something to watch, see uh, how three-point shooting percentages changes, and percent of shots that are taken from three. Those are two things that could very much change this year with this new new three-point line. But, yeah, that's about it. So we're now down to, uh, down to the international three-point line for the NCAA. It increases the distance by more than a foot. So it's a pretty significant adjustment that they'll have to make. Does, and that's, does that-
1: that's more than a foot at the top of the arc. It doesn't go out quite that far on the baseline because, obviously, there's not enough room on right. the baseline you extended a foot right. so unless you then go out of bounds all the time
2: right. so it's it's not quite as the uh, cutoff where it uh, straightens out is not quite as pronounced as it is in the NBA for this three point line but it is more like the NBA <laughs> three point line where corner threes will actually be shorter than those shot from like the wings or the top of the key that's another interesting thing to point out with that yeah is that uh, you will have shorter shots from the corner than you will from the top of the key
1: the NCAA is definitely keeping um, hardwood court painters, I guess, in business with this rule change.
0: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: since they've changed the rules for a couple of years now, they're keeping them in business and giving them lots of money.
2: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, very interesting. We'll see how it affects the game. We'll talk about that for sure more next winter in college basketball season or also around.
0: So, Mike. You need to hold us accountable for our accountability session.
2: I do. That's, that's one of the things you let me do on this podcast, except that one time where you took it away from me. I did take it you. And you did it instead. Are you gonna that do was that fun. You're going to let me do it.
0: I'm going to let you do it. Do we actually have things coming off the board this week? I
2: do. We or... have two things that come off the board this week. <laughs> the uh, first one is one that um, Kyle predicted um, in our chat during the week. After uh, Rafa Nadal made the uh, final of the French Open, Kyle predicted that he would win the French Open final in straight sets. As you found out earlier in this episode, Rafa Nadal did not win the final in straight sets. He won it in four instead. So for that, Kyle gets a nah. And the other prediction that uh, we had come off the board was my prediction from last week that uh, said Kevin Durant would uh, be the leading scorer and win a game in the NBA Finals for the Golden State Warriors. He actually came back and played, but then he tore his Achilles, so he did not actually win a game for him. And he's not going to come back this series. So even though the series ain't over, we're going to give me a nah Nah. on that prediction (laughs) as well. Um, Kyle, what's your prediction for the week? I guess we already well, talked about
1: you. We already we already yeah. talked about my prediction. It was that Rafa Nadal would win the French Open final in straight sets. Obviously, I got that wrong. So that was a very easy week for me. Very short and sweet. My prediction was figured out in this in the time that this episode is actually produced. Wow, that was that was fun. You yeah, boy,
2: make better write-down predictions.
1: That was a
2: quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. Alright, moving on to my prediction, I have down that the Twins will have at least four representatives in the All-Star game. At least four. That's my prediction.
1: So I'm just curious, who, which four do you think they'll be?
2: I, if You tell me what I get for this prediction, and then I'll tell you what four they'll be. Because I don't want the four names down on my write-that-down prediction, because I'm not 100% confident in them. So I'm not going to put the names down as my prediction. Um, huh.
1: uh, I think one of the at least one of the pitchers, starting pitchers, is going to be in the All-Star game. One of Jake Odorizzi, Jose Barrios, or um, the other guy, Martín Perez. Yes. Um, and then probably Polanco, maybe C.J. Crone, maybe Schwope. Buxton probably scope. Scope, scope, whatever, like
2: the mouthwash,
1: Buxton, Buxton, probably. So I'm going to give you. Uh,
0: Why? What do you think? Well, we know for sure it's not going to be Willem's ass to Dio.
1: <laughs> that's, that's, true. <laughs>
2: that's true. They generally don't send triple A players to the major league baseball. I, game. I'm going to so. give
1: you a double for that.
2: All right. I'll take that's, a double for that, that's that because I different. think
1: there's at least six or seven that have a very possible chance of getting it. So oh yeah, I'm gonna give you a double. All
2: right, all right, Wyatt, what do you got for us?
1: I got a really hard one. Uh, you guys right.
0: might might need to take some time to really debate over this. It's that uh, Team USA will win the the women's World Cup. Take your time, talk it over.
2: Single.
1: Single. That's, this <laughs> prediction is that bunt single that broke up the no hitter in the AAA baseball game. That
2: started the ball. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's a single. <laughs> the U.S. is the number one team in the FIFA World Rankings. They uh, won their first game in pool play. What was it? 13 to nothing?
1: 13 to nothing.
2: Yeah. Alex Morgan thank scored you, five goals. Thank
1: you for literally picking up the low hanging fruit off the ground. Hey, I did my best. It was only a little bruised.
2: Yeah, you, you get a single from that.
1: That's not
0: a big deal. Nice. Like I said, I just need something on the board. I don't know if I have anything on the board yet, so I'm
2: just making sure, you know? Um, just a insurance run. You have, uh, no, nothing, uh, nothing on the board. Well, I you only you had one petition come off the board, and it was wrong, yeah. so. All right, do I have anything from Josh? I have not heard from Josh, so we have no Is he prediction alive? from Josh.
1: Yes, he, Is he started alive? his job, but he can't get into his apartment, so he's living in a hotel.
2: <laughs> yeah
0: poor guy that Flip sounds drop. familiar whip <laughs> so back to when he would lock himself out of our apartment yeah I so was the, the only one who never policies. locked
2: us- I was the only one who never locked myself out of our apartment in two years I'd like to point that out I was I gonna claim I that. I was gonna claim that when I graduated and then in all the hustle of moving out I forgot so I'm gonna claim it now <laughs> so i believe that is that all well now i just stole why it's thing yeah that's it yeah
0: so now that we can stop reminiscing about the good old days (laughs) i think that signals the uh the the end of write that down prediction segment since we all put in our our predictions and we held ourselves accountable and josh isn't here to get a prediction so that also means that this is the end of the episode So thank you so much for listening to the 8311Cast episode 34 this week. Tune in next week again to catch episode 35, where again we bring you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Signing off for the 8311Cast, we have your hosts.
1: Tomers.
2: Mike Ludwig.
0: Wyatt. TJ. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones.